Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast all things ocean. I'm your host, Jill. So welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners by giving them your name and what pronouns you use. My name is Tam Warner Minton, and pronouns, I guess, she. <laughs> is that what you're looking for? Okay. That yes, is. That she. Is. Awesome. So, Tam, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself and, like, what makes you a water woman and, or water woman and how you kind of fell in love with the ocean. Well, I don't even remember the first time I saw the ocean because I've been going to it since before I can ever remember um, but it's always fascinated me and I fell in love with it in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I know that. And, um, I have been trying to get in and to the ocean for my entire life. I just love it. I love it. It's hard not to. It's a Oh yeah. But I mean, some people just don't have the feeling for it or they've never been there. I mean, think of all the kids that have never even seen it in person. So, um, you know, I was really lucky growing up that I went every summer. Yeah. It's nice to get exposed at a young age so that you can see it and you just know it's for you sometimes. Such a cool feeling. Yeah. Well, I grew up during the age of Jacques Cousteau specials. So, yeah, so, you know, they came on probably two or three times a year, and I was always glued to the television, just amazed by the scuba apparatus and how he was under the water. I just, I wanted to do it. It's unbelievable, and, like, looking at photos and videos from that time is so cool because it's really cool to see how in, like, such... A short time we've progressed so much but it looks like with the equipment foreign, yeah with the equipment absolutely mm-hmm. but it looks like yeah. a foreign world with what they're doing like with all like the huge equipment and the huge apparatuses and everything it's so cool to see how far we've come so it must have been really cool to be able to watch that like in real time yeah it was it was really amazing and you know unfortunately though from that time to this, you can see how the ocean has deteriorated. Yeah, the the downside I mean, of the the, the downside of progression, yeah, or regression, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, did you pursue anything within the ocean? Did you decide you wanted to go study the ocean, or what did you do with your love of the ocean? Um, I got in it as often as possible. I I never I did take an oceanography course. Um, I was always interested in any documentary, you know, anything that I saw on the ocean. Um, When I had the opportunity to dive, I was at a a place in Cozumel with a couple of girlfriends who had no interest. And I was bored. I was like totally bored because, you know, they laid around and read books and I was just antsy. So somebody came out and said, you want to learn to dive? I was like, yes. So I got in, boom, fell in love, and I've been doing it ever since. 
Oh, I love that. That's such a beautiful mm-hmm. place to learn how to dive too. Like oh, crystal clear waters. Crystal clear, um, lots and lots of life. You know, it was great. It was really great. Oh, it's a great that. introduction. So when did you start kind of doing your little citizen science journey? Is what is diving what got you started in that? Well, I'll tell you, my citizen science began the day that I saw a documentary on BBC called Queen of Mantis. And I had seen, when I was a child, I had seen manta rays that went across, um, you know, they were migrating across right in front of the hotel where we stayed at. And when I was a kid, everyone thought they were devil fish. And so you had to get out, you had to get out of the water because they were pretty sure that these animals would swallow you whole. So, yeah, so my, well, I mean, nobody had, nobody knew anything about them and they do have rather big mouths, especially when you look at a child, right? So um, nobody knew anything about them. So my dad and I went up every year to the sixth floor and got out the binoculars and watched them. So I saw this documentary about a woman studying mantas and it just absolutely captured and, and just, I was amazed. And I thought, why can't I do something like that? You know, I mean, I know I'm not going to go get a doctorate. I've, I've already done my education and it wasn't, you know, specifically the ocean. It was social sciences. So um, I thought, why can't I do that? So I kind of stewed about it. My children had gone off to college. So I was an empty nester. And I thought, I'm going to look around, you know. Um, She was in Mozambique, which to me was like probably another planet at that time. And I looked around on the Internet and I found All Out Africa had a diving program in Tofu Beach, Mozambique, which is where her organization was at the time. And it was studying whale sharks. And I thought, I'm doing it. I'm going to go. I'm absolutely going to do this. So I booked it. And everyone in my family thought, you are absolutely out of your mind. Because, you know, to go to Africa by myself, all alone, having no idea what it was going to be like, staying in, you know, what what we would call substandard, you know, uh, places, no doctors, no dive chamber. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this. And so I went off to do it and it had to have been the first three days. I thought I have, I'm out of my depth, out of my league. I'm insane. And I'm never going to make this. I'm never going to finish this. Oh, no. And every, I know, every day I just kept going. Every day I just kept doing it. And, you know, I had my first few dives were pretty awful and pretty embarrassing, you know, for me. Um, I mean, I'd never di- been diving in water like that. I mean, it was rough, yeah. rough and cold oh, yeah. and uh, lots of surge and there were no marinas. You have to go out over the waves, over the surf. 
<laughs> I have a really bad, I have a really bad back um, with like four rods and eight pedicle screws made of titanium. And oh, wow. so trying to jump into a Zodiac going over surf was, uh, it must've been fun. It, yeah. And I, every time we beat, every time we beached, you know, they'd come in after the dives and beach because there's nowhere to park your boat. You have yeah. to beach and you have to slam into the beach. I would go fly <laughs> no matter what I held on to. So, yeah. So it was kind of, um, it, it was really an amazing learning experience. And I learned all kinds of things about myself, you know, um, you know, an empty, empty nest mom out in the wilds of Africa. Um, and, you know, I felt so empowered by the end of it. I was like, I, I did oh, this. I, I did this, you know, me. <laughs> yeah. So, and while I was there, I met Andrea and uh, got to chat with her a little bit. You know, she did like these little programs over at the hotel where she stayed. And so that was always really interesting. So um, when I found out that she actually did expeditions herself, I signed up. Sold, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I signed up for two weeks in Ecuador. Oh, which again, interesting. <laughs> interesting diving, cold, lots of current, surge. I went for uh, two weeks. Again, no chamber, you know, nothing anywhere near. And uh, it was a great trip. It was, I love, it was, it was a crazy trip. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I love it was that you crazy. started out these trips with like, I'm insane. Why am I doing this? Like feeling as if it wasn't for you, but you ended it feeling like it was. Cause I think it's one of those things that if you push through that feeling, you're going to find your place there. And I love that you experienced that. Oh, I, the first three days I thought I have made a terrible mistake. Oh my God, <laughs> this is horrible. I'm so humiliated, you know, but, um, yeah, I made it and, and met some really nice people and, uh, people I kept in touch with and people who, uh, even though they were so much younger than me, um, came to visit me in Cozumel and we dove there. And I mean, it was, these are really my tribe, so to speak. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Finding people that you have that connection with, like that ocean, oceanic connection or like those passion it's they're going to be your friends for life. Like it's the people that you have things in common with that you really, really click with. Yeah. And you know, all nationalities were there and that that's the same case on all of the Ray of Hope expeditions um, is, you know, it's just a, a mix of different nationalities, which I think is just wonderful. And so since then I've been to Ecuador, Komodo, Raja Ampat, the Yucatan, um, wow. the Socorros, do you know where they are? Yeah, that is amazing. I've been to the Socorros like four times and I love no diving way. there. Now that's, that's tough diving too, but, um, yeah. it's wow. Totally worth it. Um, and I've, you know, been to Australia. Uh, I've done citizen science with other groups and I'm going, um, this January with Andrea to a trip to the Maldives and I've never been there. So I'm very excited to see the Maldives. 
and you know do all my citizen science that is so exciting i've heard they're beautiful and fantastic diving and they're on my list to i have to so i'm so excited for you to go yeah it's supposed to be lots of mantas now while you were working with the queen of mantas you were inspired to write about her so were you already writing about these books were you already writing these books or was this kind of no, like a at, big inspiration? At, well, at first, the uh, inspiration to write children's books about the ocean had nothing to do with her. Um, I spent a lot of time in Cozumel with my family, and my children, of course, had to bring all their friends. So <laughs> that meant that from the time these children were, you know, nine, ten years old, I was teaching them to snorkel, introducing them to the ocean, and eventually teaching them also how to dive. And it was just one of the things that I have loved in my life because they're so excited, you know? And I, obviously you can tell I'm a very excitable person and, you know, it doesn't take much. <laughs> just the sight of a deer or something will get me going. I and, um, yeah, so I have all these kids, and I thought, you know, it's a real shame that I, you know, you can't get every child down here, every is, child yeah. to see the wonder of this world under the waves. And, um, you know, I stewed about it for quite a while, and I thought, you know, who am I to write a book, right? Um, I'm a photographer, but I'm not, you know, I'm not one of the world famous underwater photographers. Um, and, a few years ago, I guess, it, I don't even remember the year, but there was a little 10-year-old girl in Cozumel staying at the house next door, and she wanted to learn how to snorkel. So her parents didn't know me, but they sent her out with me. And she was, it was like reliving all that excitement again that a child feels when they see a seahorse. Oh, my God. And, you know all of these different animals. And from that trip, I came home and I started writing. Oh, no way. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it. That is so cool. It must be so inspiring just to see and like relive seeing these animals in this underwater world for the first time through a child's eyes. Like it's just, it's pure it magic is. It's for amazing. us. So for yeah. them, it would just be like overwhelming. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm just, amazed. Well, they're just so excited, and I was thrilled to be able to show her a seahorse. But so, you know, part of the reason I wrote it is because we have so much ocean problem. I mean, we are so close to the tipping point if we're not mm -hmm. already over it. And I thought, you know, we're really leaving the next generation in a lurch. And I wanted to try to do something to get those kids and their families, you know, excited about the ocean to have some kind of an understanding of why it's so necessary. I mean, we can't live without it. And I, I just don't think people know that. And um, there are so many fun facts, right? So the first book is all fish faces and um, you know, there, I decided to humanize the fish uh, by showing their their faces. You know, children really relate to eye contact and to seeing faces, you know, so it sort yeah. of humanizes. And then you have all this really fun information, all the fun facts 
about yeah. these fish and um yeah so um so it's kind of it's it shows fish fun facts about the fish um and it also includes facts about uh climate change sustainability and eating fish um it talks about uh recycling and what kids can do what can you do you know to help I love that. We talk yeah. a lot on this podcast about introducing the ocean to the younger generation and how important it is and how it can lead to like these big, big changes. But I think using a book like this is so incredibly cool because it's not forcing them to learn anything. Like it's not a curriculum mm-hmm. in school. It's no. not making them sit down and watch something. It's something they can pick up on their own time. And it's something that's going to make them be interested in it because they're like, Oh, I want to read this book. Nobody's making them. Yeah. Um, A lot of um, homeschools have used it, uh, you know, for their uh, elementary sections on Marine science, Marine life. And, you know, the kids are just always so fascinated by pictures of these animals, you know, um, well, can you blame I mean, that? That is humanizing, you know, to see a fish smiling at you and its teeth and its eyes and everything. It, it really gets them excited that they're like, what is that? You know, they had no idea. And colors, yeah. they had no idea that the underwater world is so colorful. Well, it, it is shocking almost when you are not familiar with it because like when I think of like Mm. swimming when I was a kid in the water and if you like I always opened my eyes under the water and everything is just this like blue murky color like it's just Mm -hmm. just all kind of one shade but then excuse me then when you actually get down there and you're seeing clearly with goggles and proper light and everything it's amazing there's so many Mm -hmm. different colors like given the deeper you go the less there are but like in that like sweet spot where there's like all the corals and the tropical fish if you're in an area like that it's unreal the colors you'll see yeah and really this is the closest that a lot of children will get our our books and pictures um until they're older and 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 maybe get a chance to go but you know this is this is in the way of encouraging them to become interested in the ocean and passionate about um, saving it, if that sounds ridiculously childish. But um, there has to be learning in order for them to understand that these animals are precious. They're necessary. We need coral. We need all these things. And we have to protect it. Yes. Yes. It's... I really love that it's just like such an easy gateway for them. Like it's this child that might have like an inkling of curiosity already. Mm -hmm. They find this book and it just sells it for them. Like it's like, oh, this fish is looking at me smiling. Coolest, the coolest. And then learn some fun facts on the way. Like I know when I was younger, I was always a big reader, but I had friends that were very much so like, I'm not reading this. I, I don't care. I'm not reading but having a book right. like this, like I have your second one, the More Fish Faces book open right now. And looking at some of these eel faces, they're so I know, aren't funny. they awesome? 
<laughs> they're so funny and looking at them it's like well I want to know like why is he looking at me like that like what does what's this mean and like being able to look at that fun fact and being able, like it's not actually the green moray eel is not green moray eel is not actually green it's brown but in, with mm-hmm. yellow green mucus like it's so I know it's cool. great it's, it's so yeah kid friendly and and, and people think they look mean but they're not they're just breathing you know they're just breathing <laughs> That's all they're doing. It's like they kind of have like yeah. resting eel face. Just they look mean, resting but they're eel. not. Yes. I like it. And then, I then sometimes when that. you what resting eel face, <laughs> resting eel face. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, the, more fish faces. I introduced two new species, which were the eels, which yeah. a lot of people don't know are fish, and um, the seahorses. Cool. Yeah. So did your, your first book focused most like just on fish, like the general fish on, that you can tropical, see around? Well, tropical reef fish families, you know, angelfish, butterfly fish, parrotfish, groupers, um, you know, cleaner fish, puffers, of course, puffers, you know, kids love puffers. The coolest so. fish. I, I know that's the first fish. I Like if you would ask like younger me to like name a fish, I'd be like the, like the puffer fish, the puff fish. The which, one that blows up. Yeah, little, but you like, know, most people don't know, cool. right? And they, a lot of children are fascinated by the fact that one of those fish could kill thirty people. I'm fascinated by that. So, like, can you yeah. imagine having that much poison in your system? That's pretty oh crazy. Yeah. So while you were writing these books, it must have been so fun to kind of go on like this deep dive and learn about these animals yourself like I'm sure it was a learning curve for you for some of these things and some of them but yeah yeah some of them I as a photographer when I started taking pictures underwater um which was probably just in 2000 or so um I bought my first camera and started playing with it And of course, whenever I would take a picture of a fish, I would have to immediately go and find out what it was because I had to know (laughs) the name of it, right? Have to label, because I label my pictures. And so, you know, I quickly learned um, all about the different fish and, you know, what they do and if they're poisonous or not, whatever, just because I'm so passionate about learning about each fish. And I love finding new things, you know, new fish that I haven't seen before. So that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing it teaches kids is that these animals, even though they're in all, in the oceans, all oceans, they look different in every ocean. There are different species in each ocean and they look completely different. So, I mean, I think that's a fascinating fact yeah. too, but you know, it's not just, Oh, there's absolutely. one angel it's so fish. Cool to see. Yeah. How they vary from place to place just because of the differences in that area. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like people. So in your, exactly. Just like people in your adventures, writing this book, did you have a favorite fish when you started out and did it change over the course of writing these books or is it still, do you have a favorite fish at all or just love them all? I'm fascinated by all of them. I really am. I love them all. That's fair. That's fair. They're pretty cool. There's so there's so many that I think it would be hard to pick just one to be oh, the yeah. favorite. Yeah. I mean, obviously I I love mantas and I love mantas uh since I was a kid and I saw them 
because they yeah. were so fascinating and so forbidden, you know, mm. um, couldn't oh, be in the water. They call you out. So that is uh, it was so wild. fascinating to watch them, you know. Uh, as a kid, I've been stung by a lot of Portuguese man of wars, and you know, oh my I've gosh, always, yeah, I've dis dislocated my hip in the waves when my dad was, you know, uh, pulling me up to play. So I've I've had some injuries in the ocean, that's for sure. But um, I would imagine, you know, yeah, I'm kind of known as the Dory of the tribe. <laughs> Oh no! I can I can get really excited and forget to put my regulator in my mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I, <you know. laughs> I have gone down before and showed people my camera, and it's still got the the lens cap on it. <laughs> it's all ready in the housing. Everything's ready, and they're just like Andrea calls it. Um, I I tanned. I did a tan. To Tam. I love that. <laughs> I've had a few mishaps, that's for sure. I went, uh, oh, no. I, I took my kids, my husband and I took our kids, and we did the Great White Sharks in uh, Guadalupe cool. in Mexico. And on the last dive of the last day, a uh, shark, Great White, accidentally got stuck in our cage. Oh, and did a, okay. A 360, yeah. Um, fortunately, when it hit me and chewed up my air hose, it was upside down. Perfect. Perfect. And I have a whole series of photographs of me and floating up and down. There's this great white shark going all over the place. And, uh, the guy who took the pictures, uh, you know, young enough to be my son and, um, we kind of bonded because, you know, when somebody takes 20 pictures of you with a shark in the cage, yeah. um, it, it's kind of a meaningful experience. So. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I still know him, you know, for years now and I've gone out with him on different dives and, uh, he lives in Cancun. So I love that. I love how yeah, you to bond with someone while you're diving. Like it's kind of like this unspoken forever friendship sometimes like, yeah, especially when you're in a cage together and a great yeah, white comes the shark in, is so. right there. Absolutely, yeah. yes. That would yeah, be, yeah. That, you know. He took a whole series of photographs. He was like this, you know. I'm like, <laughs> my head, and I can't breathe. And uh, oh yeah, he's like, God. I got the pictures. Yay! Yeah, like, great, great. Yeah. That's awesome. What I actually introduced. Right he's a really cool guy. He owns. Um, a, a dive operation in Cancun and he also has a foundation um, Pelagic Life and what they do is they go out and pay fishermen in the Baja to let them take live sharks off the hook oh wow you know those long those illegal yeah. long lines yeah um, that's amazing yeah. that's really cool he's yeah amazing. he's yeah yeah he's 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 very cool yeah he's been on shark week Oh, cool. That is so cool. Oh, I had picture. I had pictures of my shark, in, one of my shark, a very famous shark in uh, Guadalupe that National Geographic put on Shark Fest this last year. So wow. uh, that made me feel, that is, wow, that's really cool. Absolutely. You know? That is very impressive. So that <laughs> is amazing. Well, it was, 
Yeah, it was just luck. Uh, I was there when this really super famous shark uh, was very, very injured. Um, I mean, he was cut down to the cartilage and bit. Oh, and he must have been trying to breed or, or yeah. you know, the female was a little irritated and got him on both sides. And I took pictures every day of this shark and the healing was the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. They, yeah. they heal so fast. You know, sharks oh, so don't get cool. sick. Yeah, they don't get sick. And to see the, the healing, how quickly it went from bloody, gouged, cartilage hanging out to healing, you know, and just filling in. And, and it, it was amazing. So, you know, Nat Geo saw those photos that I had taken and used them. That's amazing. Yeah. It's just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. And so after you worked with The Ray of Hope and with uh, Andrea, you were inspired to make another book. Can you tell us a little bit about that book? Well, I'm working on it right now, actually. So I, I thought, you know, we have all these books and I'm, you know, I'm a social scientist. I taught at the university level. I'm a feminist. And I think it's really important for girls, especially, to know that there's no limits, that they can do anything. Yeah. And you have all these books out there about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sylvia Earle and all these people, uh, Jane Goodall. But, you know, they're old. These are kids who are looking at these women. They're old, you know, and some of them are dead, like the shark lady and, you know, yeah. others. And I thought, you know, why aren't there contemporary people in the field that are living, I think, you know, totally exciting lives. Oh, yeah. But there aren't any books about them. Like Andrea's one. You know, there are tons of female scientists out there who are doing really great work with sharks, with mantas, with turtles. I mean, you know, climate. I think that they should all have books about them so that girls can say, wow, this is possible. I don't have to live, you know, a normal life. I can go off the beaten path. Absolutely. I love that. I always struggle because like I'm at the stage in my life where like a lot of, I grew up in a very small town and a lot of the people I grew up with are like settling down, getting married, like buying houses. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of trying to do research from across the world. And like, I feel like, what I want to do is not the, I'm doing air quotes right now, but like right thing to do. Sure. Like it's not the oh, traditional thing. It's and not the traditional true. thing. Yeah. But, but who cares but about tradition? Okay. And like getting to talk mm. to all these amazing women, it's like, okay, so like I don't have to settle down right now. I can live my life. I can go do what I want. And it's so mm-hmm. cool to know that it's kind of changing what the, again air quotes like traditional route is with like what you should or should like again air quotes because there's nothing you should or shouldn't but like should or shouldn't be doing right and what's right so it's kind of cool to hear like these stories of women who are like yeah I wanted to do research so I lived in a hut for a couple years until I managed to do it (laughs) exactly 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 yeah I mean because you know there are a lot of difficulties in doing something like that Um, But I think it's also important for these kids to understand that 
it doesn't even matter how old you are, you know? Right, absolutely. I mean, I, I was 50 when I started uh, doing the citizen science stuff and, and saying, hey, you know, I'm, I can do this too. I want to do this. You know, yeah. do I want to go back to school right now? No, but, you know, I can go do this. Yeah. There's no I'm passionate about it. To start. Right. And, um, you know, you can contribute um, with your observations, with your ID photos, with, you know, uh, in just so many ways. I mean, I went on a trip where we were scraping off uh, samples with toothbrushes for DNA. So cool. um, there's just a whole lot of, of fascination for me to do that, to be with people who are knowledgeable and passionate about it and gives me an opportunity to feel like I'm contributing something. It is. Citizen science, I think, is incredible and it allows people of all ages to be researchers and be scientists. Yes, I think it's absolutely the coolest thing in the entire world. And you've done so many different um, or had so many different experiences with citizen science. Like, Do you have one that like sticks out like your all-time favorite kind of experience or? Hmm. Well, I mean, every day is new. I mean, every day that you go out, there's something different. There's something fascinating. Um, I remember the, you know, all these different ecosystems are just so fascinating. You know, you go from Cozumel, which is, you know, beautiful coral and, you know, tropical fish. And you go to the Socorros where it's rock and big pelagic animals, which is really cool. Seven species of shark you know, manta ray, all this stuff. And I've had some really cool experiences like with mantas and dolphins. Um, And, you know, they're just all so different. I remember going to Komodo for the first time. I had never been diving in Indonesia before. It was my first trip to Indonesia. I was amazed by the life. I mean, the biodiversity. I mean, it's a carpet of life. Everywhere you look, it's life. I mean, the Caribbean's a desert in comparison, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the other experience I had in Indonesia (laughs) was with Komodo dragons. You know, they're on the boat. We go to this, yeah, we go to this island, Rinka, where they live, right? And they have like these pink sand beaches and they, they take you on a hike with, I mean, these are basically dinosaurs. Okay, and they're scary. They are scary looking and they're very cool looking. But I mean, you look at it and you're like, you know, that thing could kill me very easily. And this guide, this guide, all he has is a stick, (laughs) a stick. That's what he has, a stick. I'm like, like that stick is going to do a thing. Right. So I go on this hike. And they're all like, oh, you know, you'll have, you'll, it'll be fine. You won't, it, it's no big deal. Oh my God. This thing is like straight up and down this path. Okay. I have a bad back. I'm falling. Oh, I cannot, no. keep, I cannot keep up with these people. It's like a thousand degrees with, you know, a hundred percent humidity. I'm just absolutely dying, falling back, falling back. And the guide's staying with me because you can't be alone out there. There are Komodo yeah. dragons, right? And <laughs> Does he have a stick, though? So, 
He's got the stick. And he has a stick. He has a stick. Perfect. And we get back. We finally get back down. I only fell like two or three times on the way down. You know, oh, no. it's like straight up and down. And we get to the bottom. All the other people are way in front of me. And I'm back here with this guy with a stick. And there's the all these Komodo dragons looking at me like we found the weak link. <laughs> we found we, know who to we go found after. the the old animal that's going to be easy to catch. So I take the guy with the stick and I put him in front of me and I said, "I don't know how you're going to do it, but you have to protect me because I mean their tongues are coming out and they're looking at me like, mm. oh, like you're a nice yeah. little snack." Oh, I looked like a snack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I we got back. I, I bought, I got two great big bottles of water and dumped them over my head. I was just dying. I mean, oh I was like, next gosh. time I go to Komodo, I'm gonna skip the dragons. <laughs> oh my god! Skipping. I, I mean, I've them. seen them, right? I've got pictures. I've seen them. <laughs> I've seen it once, and that's enough. I am never doing that hike again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, I love that you also document all your travels and let people keep up with you with Travels with Tam. I think that is the coolest thing. I was reading through a couple of articles the other day, and it is so fun. It feels like you're on the trip with you. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's good. That's really good. I, no, I started um, blogging as a journal. Yeah. Uh, when, my, when my son graduated from high school, my daughter graduated from college the same year. My husband and I took them to Africa for three, three and a half weeks. We did all these different safaris. You know, we, we looked at great white sharks. We, you know, hung out with ostriches and baboons. And I mean, it was, you know, really a cool trip. And so I wanted to keep family and friends um, up to date on what we were doing with pictures mm. and everything. So I, I did it online. Perfect. And it, it got it got to be popular. I was like, okay, cool, cool. I guess I'll keep yeah. going. Then. So you know, I I just did it kind of part time. Um, yeah. At the time, I was teaching at university, and I was also doing a private college consulting with uh, high school students. Um, cool. Yeah, so that was fun, um, and I basically went full time with travel blogging because. Uh, my husband got really sick and had a double lung transplant. Oh, wow. And people did not want to hire a consultant whose husband looked like he was going to die at any moment, right? So, uh, yeah. So, you know, that kind of put an end to our plans to travel the planet. Mm. Um, but he's been very supportive of the fact that that hasn't ended mine. And I have gone and done these experiences. I've been to all seven continents. Um, you know, I look back and I think, wow, you know, I've really, I've had so many experiences. I'm really lucky. And yeah. he, ha he has not been able to go with me to the remote places because, you know, it's too dangerous for him with, uh, you know, a, a lowered immune system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and all that medication he's on. He has to be someplace where there's a doctor nearby. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. That's yeah. amazing but, that it hasn't stopped you and you've kept up with these travels, though. That's fantastic. 
And I haven't had to fight to do it. I mean, he's been very supportive. <laughs> very supportive. He's been very supportive of it. Yeah, he, he thought I was nuts with going to Africa, as my children were very upset about it. Um, you know, they were like, we, we can't let her go. Are you kidding me? You know, what are we supposed to do without her? <laughs> well, I, I have rather a bad habit of falling. Oh, no. On flat surfaces only. You know, um, I'm extremely disorganized and uh, they would say kooky. And so getting from one place, they thought, oh, my God, she'll never, ever she's not even even get, get there. there. Yeah, she's not even going to get there. She's going to fall somewhere, you know, lose her stuff, lose her suitcase. I And I did lose things, which always came back to me because people would be running after me through security going, hey, did you forget this? Oh, yes, I did. I forgot it. I forgot it in security. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they get nervous when I go traveling off to Antarctica and South America and Africa, but um, they're used to it. They're used to it now. I do. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to stop me. (laughs) I love that. No one is stopping me. (laughs) So if people wanted to keep up with your journey and keep up with your travels, where can they find that blog? And do you have, like, do you share it on social media or anything? Oh, yes. Yes. I have uh, travels with Tam on Instagram, Twitter, um, Pinterest. I have a lot of stuff on Pinterest. Um, What other social media? Facebook. I have like, I think, 5,700 followers on Facebook uh, on my travels with Tam page. And I also have an author page. I've got an author website. So there's travelswithtam.com is the blog. And, you know, it, it has lists of dive travel, safari travel, you know, Antarctica travel, wherever, you know, everywhere I go, I write, I write about stuff that happens because there's always something that happens to me. So, so, you know, I always find things of interest, uh, you know, whether I lose a passport and get stuck in a terminal in Kenya for a week. I mean, oh my gosh you know, stuff happens to me. So I should have called it, you know, tribulations with Tam, but you know, <laughs> you, you just have to laugh, Go you know, yeah. you just have to laugh. I mean, you can't, can't take it too seriously. It just happens. And you know, yeah, absolutely. somebody steals your passport and <laughs> there you are in the terminal but in transit, so to speak. <laughs> Well, these are like some um, you wild know. stories. So everyone's going to have to go to Travel with Tam and read all about these stories and all about travels. Travels with travels. Tam. I'm on. I'm on. Yeah, I'm. I'm just on. You know, all social media, and I have an author website, TamWarnerMinton.com, where you know I talk about the books, and you can buy books. You can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all kinds of different places, Ingram, um, but you know, also on my website. Absolutely. So, and I, you know, my blog also talks not only just about my travels, but travels, uh, things to do in locations, um, you know, places like say St. Augustine, Florida or St. Simons, Georgia. Um, you know, I give you a list of restaurants and a list of things you can do while you're there. Absolutely. That's awesome. Those are fantastic. So like, yeah. people- 
travel helpers. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, it, it's a personal journey um, and travel recommendations and reviews, you know, and just, you know, a lot of stories. Amazing. A lot of stories. <laughs> Perfect. So everyone listening is going to go check that out as soon as they can. And Tam, thank you for joining me on Water Women today. It was absolutely awesome getting to chat with you today. I had a blast. Thank you. Oh, okay. one more thing. Absolutely. Um, 10% of the books go to uh, Andrea's um, foundation, Marine Megafauna. Oh, that's amazing. And if people yeah. want to purchase the books, where can they find them? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Ingram, uh, Booktopia, my website, my, you know, can, people can just email me if they want an autographed copy or something. I've got copies oh, here amazing. I can mail. Yeah, and it, I sell them cheaper. <laughs> amazing. Perfect. Well, thank you again. It was absolutely awesome getting to chat with you today. It was so fun. Nice to meet you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Water Women podcast. I love sharing these stories with you, and I love that you love to listen. Make sure if you like the podcast, you're leaving a review and liking and subscribing to the podcast. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at Water Women Pod. You can also check out more from us, including quizzes, blog posts, and shop our site at waterwomenpodcast.ca. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, stay salty.